Hi, and welcome to CSM Toolbox. This week's episode features Puneet Kataria, founder and CEO of Customer Success Box. As one of LinkedIn's top voices, Puneet is deeply passionate about the three product joys, the joy of producing, the joy of selling, and the joy of ownership. Customer Success Box is an outcome-driven customer success platform which helps B2B SaaS companies reduce churn and grow their recurring revenue. It automates customer onboarding, product usage analysis, and user communication. He'll be telling us more about it and his journey next. Join me and let's open that toolbox. So having data is necessary, but not sufficient. So you need to have the ability to take that data, make it actionable by making sure that you are getting it processed in a way where it can translate into signals that your customer success can act on. And that is what our, our biggest learning is. Hi, Puneet. How are you? Excellent. Excellent, Isabel. A uh, pleasure to be around. Yeah, great to have you. So yeah, just to get uh, things started, could you please give a quick introduction about yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. So first of all, you know, thank you for, for having me here. It is it is an honor to be part of the CSM Toolbox, always driven by, you know, by the passion that, I, that sort of rubs on me when I see people like yourself, you know, something very specific for customer success. Amazing. So thank you. An honor to be here. Quick introduction. My name is Puneet Kataria. I'm the founder of Customer Success Box. So first of all, I, Isabel, you probably noticed we, we belong to the Box family. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, so yeah, founder of Customer Success Box. Quick background. I've been in the, I've been in the space, been in the corporate world for about 20 plus years. Started as an engineer. And I say, I always say once an engineer, always an engineer. <laughs> then I started, I moved to the dark side, as I call it. I started selling, uh, selling software and I've been selling SaaS since 2006. And uh, that was my introduction to SaaS, which was more than a decade ago. My last job was, was VP of VP of sales, but at my incentive plan was on MRR. And that was my introduction to, oh, I'm not making my incentive. What's, what could be wrong? And that's when you learn about, ah, there is a leak in the bucket. We are, there's something called churn. And this was about six, seven years ago. And that's where I got introduced to the idea of customer success, the practice of customer success, customer success manager as a role. I just love, loved it. And fast forward to today, all chips in into customer success box. Thanks for the context. And I think as well, maybe even you identifying what was missing in the market as well. So you, you found uh, that for sure. And and now that you're talking about um, customer success box, what problem are you trying to solve, Punit? Interesting the way you put it. So, so Isabel, in a, in a very, very short and sweet way, we are trying to take businesses to take their net dollar revenue, net dollar retention, all the way to 125, 130% plus. And that's our, that's our central goal. Now, taking your net dollar retention NDR to 125% plus is breaks down into into smaller problems which is how do you how we are helping customers on board they their customers better so we we are able to help our customers reduce their onboarding time by up to 50% and actually deliver a lot better onboarding experience and making sure that it truly drives product adoption not just completing tasks in a timeline manner but actually driving product adoption we help our customers making sure that their customers are getting success that they are getting the value which their website their sales actually promised at the time of sales and that is what we enable again by monitoring tracking enabling customer success managers to deliver that deliver that success and value and of course help our customers drive more upsells and expansions and even advocacy through our signals which we are able to generate using telemetry different occasions different 
different right moments of the events of where they are. And that all translates into upsells and expansions. So at the end of the day, as a customer success manager, if I come in and log into customer success box, customer success box is going to tell you exactly which customer you want to focus on for what reason and why. Is that an onboarding challenge? Is that a risk that you need to de-risk? Is there a, is there a customer which is not getting value and hence you need to intervene? Is that is there an upsell opportunity that we have unearthed? All of that in a single platform, very, very data-driven way. That's what we help our customers with. Going back to to your journey, what skills do you think are essential not only to survive, but to thrive as a founder? Uh, absolutely. Now, as a founder, I, I, I think... In the last couple of years, every every founder was 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 challenged in, in so many unique ways, and I think everybody has sort of learned and, and come a long way. We as founders, I, I think as a community, we we all help each other out, and that is one community skill that I that I feel that I'll I'll not exist or wouldn't have survived any anything unless it was for the founder community. But personally, I feel as founders, we are all a little crazy because we believe in an idea so firmly, uh, which is so opinionated, that belief which is so deeply rooted that the, we we can almost sound like crazy about something. Mm. So while it is true that you that that we start from a very very strong opinion which obviously is and ideally should be rooted in a very deep experience very deep understanding of, of a particular subject but at the same time we need to be very very humble while being confident about what we are doing but you also need to be very humble which is basically validating what your assumptions were or what your original understanding was with data that we get every day. So we're validating, we're verifying and, and basically constantly trying to learn, get better, get more deeper, get more, get more deeper understanding. And, and we're being humble of, was I really right? So if I, if I have to put this in, in different ways, I, I'd say, I think we are doing, let's say we are doing a uh, hundred items, right? What we know is 50% of those are right. 50% of those are wrong. We just need to every day find out which 50% is wrong and which 50% is right. <laughs> and I think, and I think that's where it's, it's a mix of, you know, being confident while at the same time being humble, while being, you know, very open to, to getting some some new feedback and be very adaptive uh, about about managing and, and handling that. So that's one. Okay, just a few more. I, I think a lot of times what I've seen is a founder, especially in the early days, can be very, very com- competition obsessed. I, I think we all need to be very, what I call competition aware, competition respectful, because they were there before you. I'm sure they've done things that you've not done and they're there for a reason. So competition re- requ- uh, respect, competition aware, but be customer obsessed. Don't be competition obsessed. Otherwise, I think um, you'll, you'll for your entire life you'll end up playing catch up. So that's not going to get you anywhere. A few other side skills that I that are really that are really sort of look at is I think as, as founders we're all working with with people. If you know to work with people, and let me not call it working with people. I think we need to understand people way more deeply because every individual brings so much on the table in so many unique ways. And and you always want to surround yourself with people who are who are complementing your skills, who are not like you, but who are rather complementing your skills, who sort of fill the gaps that, that, let's say, me as a founder have. And that is what makes a functional, effective, winning, killer team. So the team is, as a team, you need to be complete. It's okay as individuals if we are not. And I think getting that understanding and working with individuals is can be can be a great great skill so those were some of the top of the mind items and i think what you mentioned at the very beginning in terms of that community of founders and ceos co-founders who have that passion that at the end of the day needs to even cascade to the rest of the team i think that it might not necessarily be a skill but definitely that's something that i always see which it makes sense it, it and that resonates to to the wider teams as well in terms of surrounding yourself like having that team picturing it as 
maybe bouncing off ideas, having your team as a sounding board and vice versa. And at the end of the day, obviously the, the decisions, the hard decision making that comes with being a founder will rely on you as well. But it, it sounds like you, you do have that collaborative environment where you like to have that team efforts or surrounding yourself with people that you can uh, bounce those ideas from. 100%. Because at the end of the day, you know, they are they are working far more deeply in each of their respective functional areas than, than I will be. And I think uh, that is where it is so much of an opportunity to to both not just bounce off, but actually learn mm. from your from your teams. And every day, you know, it could be so much fulfilling uh, when you learn something new. That's great to hear. And even just switching um, from your and from your team, what have you learned so far from your customers' feedback? Ah, oh, that's a that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, sometimes even even sharing all the learnings can be so embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> because it makes you feel, "Die, you didn't know that." Right? <laughs> uh, but but I think. On, on, a, on a serious note, and specifically in customer success, because mm-hmm. that's what we do. So mm-hmm. our, our customers are customer success leaders, customer success managers, and, and founders who are customer obsessed, very customer centric, CXOs, CROs. What we learn from them can be so much richer, so much valuable, because they are the ones who are, who are sort of facing and fixing these problems every day. We, at the end of the day, are providing technology to enable them better. So unless I understand what their strategies are, what challenges they are facing, and, and what is sort of working for them, we will simply not be able to do that. So what we learned, I think, which was which was probably the most deepest of all was number one that as a founder you know we we believe because you 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 think about a subject all the time you're so deep in that subject all the time you you know like i probably just like you isabel and probably like so many of of the listeners of this podcast we all drink sleep eat Mm. customer success right Mm. and we have this perfect imaginative world in our head which is the ideal world that this is what the ideal world is and i can you know do so much for the ideal world and when we go there you realize that hold on the world's not really as ideal i'm trying to you know we would try to probably we are a few steps a few uh, a few miles ahead already as a starting point but the starting point might be way 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 before and and one of those realizations was i i believe that data was a solved problem but what what we realized was while as businesses, we all have a lot and lot and lot of data. We don't live in a data drought anymore. We actually, all of us have data abundance. There is so much data on who's our customer, your CRM's loaded, you know, how did they find you, which keyword did they originally search, you know, before they landed on your website and whatnot, what were their objections before they purchased the platform, how much the discounting was and and the entire, you know, when is the renewal? All the data exists, including even the product telemetry data can be fed into a, can be probably you're, you're feeding into a mixed panel or an amplitude like an analytics world. But in spite of all that data, so in spite of all the data, while we are data rich, but we are so poor in insights. Mm. And that was, I think, my, my biggest you know, learning while we're working, engaging with so many customer success leaders. And that is where, you know, I call it too much, too much data or like TLDA, you know, too long, didn't analyze <laughs> too much data, right? When we get in typically in a customer to, to help a customer success team, what we realize is everybody's sitting on data and, and customer success managers, when they say, I want to know, you know, which accounts are coming up for renewal. All right, go, you know, get that Excel sheet from your, from your billing and that'll, you know, do a pivot on that and figure out or filter on that and figure out who's on board, whose renewal is coming up in the next three months. All right, great. Now I want to know, done that. So now I want to know, you know, which of them are active. 
It's like, oh, now go grab that telemetry or here is your access to an analytics tool. And they look at that analytics tool and that analytics tool is just data and data and data and data. And they're swimming in the data for four hours and they come out. It's like, okay, now who do I call again? And they're so lost. So if you, if you look at the way we've designed sort of customer success box is to help our customers declutter a lot of this data. What we, what we realized is that 99.9% of the data could actually be noise. Just that 0.1%, which is which customer needs your help now and why? Answering just that question so that a simple alert, a simple health alert, a simple risk alert, or an, even an upsell opportunity alert or a signal can orchestrate a customer success manager's attention to the right account. So if I've got, let's say, 100 accounts in my portfolio, I obviously am not going to call 100 accounts every day or even even every month because that will be so so boring, mindless, you know, effortless, and even valueless calling for every every account. What you ra- rather would like to do is be data driven and and let the data guide you. Oh, this particular customer who's using, let's assume that you're selling a CRM and your technology is CRM, and uh, this customer success is is getting like a hundred leads uh, a month, but they're not created a single opportunity in the last one month. So you know, you 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 want to jump in and address that. You don't want to wait for the next QBR. You don't want to wait for the anniversary of the of the renewal of that account before you address that issue or don't even want to obviously wait for a support ticket. So an alert sort of lands in a real-time basis as soon as this dip happens and your customer success managers will be will be orchestrated. Their attention will be will be diverted, will be, you know, they were asked, they'll be asked to focus on that particular account for a very specific reason. And you can even go in and stitch that into further processes and use cases to reach out to the customers automatically or or to or to create initiate a playbook or a task or things like those. So the learnings being again customer success, the way I'll put it is I think data is absolutely mandatory to be data driven, right? Mm-hmm. So having data is necessary, but not sufficient. So you need to have the ability to take that data, make it actionable by, by making sure that you're getting it processed in a way where it can translate into signals that your customer success can act on. And that is what our, our biggest learnings been. Yeah, I, I do agree on the data driven and as you said, having those insights and well, being able to identify those insights and having even just further context on what's happening on the other side, like from the customer side. So when it comes to that data driven for customer success, definitely. Yeah, I, I totally agree on that. And now in this remote environment, not only for ourselves, but for our customers as well, what opportunities have you and your team been able to identify now having to adapt to this remote environment? No, absolutely. I, I will. I will not even call it adapting to the remote environment. I'll, I'll call it leveraging the remote environment. I mm. think. I think the world has gone through a shift. Not for you know the the trigger was not very very pleasant like COVID. Mm-hmm. So we we understand that. But this shift to now being remote, I think is an opportunity and needs to be seen as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because it was never the case that everybody is now very comfortable working remotely, engaging remotely. So the expectation for somebody to fly in are, are a lot less because nobody's, nobody's operating there. Second, the only way you can actually deliver that white glove service that was only probably reserved for your tier one customers, customers paying you hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Now the same program, the same experience can be extended to your tier two or in even probably your tier three account in a hybrid mm-hmm. way or in a completely remote way because all all of a sudden, as a customer success team, you can be a lot more effective, a lot more efficient 
because we don't have to physically travel and and yes mm-hmm. travel was inefficient of course being face to face absolutely you know that warm handshake that we all miss we all love hugs and i think that we that we are definitely missing but if you look at the way i look at the future travel or being face to face as a mandatory requirement to get things moving is obviously gone you want to do that for a relationship building exercise and that can be limited to once or twice a year even going forward as we are coming out of the pandemic but but i think this is an opportunity to take your customer success program and extend it to your tier 1 tier 2 tier 3 and offer them an equal if not better similar white glove service that you are that you were otherwise offering in reserving or, or was only sort of extended to your tier 1 because of the unit economics with this new unit economics i think this can be better and with customer success technology where where you know that you don't have to call all your 100 accounts in my portfolio as a customer success manager i don't have to call all 100 accounts every every month because my my technology is now telling me which accounts do i need to focus on and the rest 95 accounts i'm very confident because again the data is telling me they are on good health they're getting value every day and and that sort of gets refreshed every day that gives me the confidence to actually add more accounts to my portfolio so now as csm i think we are going to be able to extend the program to tier 2 add more accounts to our portfolio and basically run not just remote but be a lot more data driven and be a lot more effective as well as efficient so less effort more reward more results not just for you but for your customers as well yeah for sure and companies having to shift and yeah just trying to implement as well what's best for the customer and maybe re- having to realign the strategy they had but yes this it is a massive opportunity for for everyone in the space so uh, yeah i totally agree on it one last question before i let you go today other than customer success box obviously uh, what's in your toolbox it could be mobile or web app that you cannot live without So 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 you know, first of all I think it's a great question this is one question is like I I love this because everybody wants to know well, what what is in your toolbox of course outside of customer success box in my professional toolbox uh, something that I can't link without I live without is linkedin <laughs> yeah. um, because I I think linkedin truly makes me feel the entire business community is is you know within the reach of your palms mm. like with a few clicks you can reach out to anyone at any level at in any geography in any location and and that connection that you will that linkedin sort of enables opens unlimited possibilities i think that's just amazingly wonderful so so love linkedin for that on the personal side my you know my my go to is spotify for music i'm mm. I'm, a, i'm a music hog but i'm going to mention something else is which is youtube probably a lot of mm. people are embarrassed to talk about youtube the <laughs> amount of time we sort of all, all spend on youtube mm. but what youtube really really enables me is to you know is to connect with real people see uh, that we are all humans see um, each other's life so for example i I probably look at channels that not everybody else will look at, you know, and this is our tiny world and our own personalization. So I look at mm. people doing a lot of painting. So I'll just watch yeah. a painting start to finish 30 minutes, 45 minutes, one hour. And I just enjoy that process. And sometimes there is not, not even audio, maybe just background music. I love watching people going to sales, especially by themselves. I love people, you know, watch, uh, do camping, solo campings, whatnot. It just makes me feel that I'm enjoying that solo camping. It's just amazing. So, so I think YouTube's been, been my, been my tool that sort of helped me maintain my sanity in spite yeah. of being locked in yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a single in in one room on one chair in front of that zoom meeting all day yeah no no for sure i know i was as well looking uh, last weekend just trying to find a song and then i ended up watching i think it was like 
wedding dances, mother and son, father and daughter. And I was like, well, how did I end up here? I was just looking for a song and this is where I ended up. So yeah, well, first of all, great to meet you, eh, Puneet, and to hearing from you and your insights and from Customer Success Box as well. So yeah, it was a pleasure. And if people want to reach out to you, it will be the best way for them to do it. Well, of course, if you want to learn more about Customer Success Box, that's our website, customersuccessbox.com. And if you want to connect with me, I'm a LinkedIn guy. I'm trying to get better at Twitter, but but I am a LinkedIn guy, so, <laughs> so that's where you're going to find me. Puneet Kataria, Customer Success Box. Find me. I'll be more than happy to connect with all of you. That sounds great. Yeah, I will link that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Isabel. This podcast was edited by Aerolitus Smart Edition.